Greetings from Soundography, a crash course in music, one band at a time. I'm Brian Ibbett. And I am the Hammond the Chamberlain. <laughs> Very good. And uh, we're talking about, as you heard there, the, the, a, uh, a favorite band of mine that I got to introduce Hammond to a little bit. And, uh, but a band that, that um, almost just couldn't see the internet coming and plan on a better name for something you could search for. Because searching for the, the, it's typically the word the gets eliminated from your search. <laughs> and, and here's a band that kind of built a whole, uh, whole name around the, the. <laughs> so when I was even building the Spotify playlist for this, yeah, I yeah. typed in the the and got nothing. So I had to go through mm-hmm. by the name of an album. I, no, oh, I had to go through okay. the name of an album and then it said the the and then I clicked on that and it took yeah. me to it. So even Spotify, who acknowledges they exist and wow, oh, sure. They they have a great the the collection on Spotify. They do. Yeah. Uh, like just about everything, including the the you know, the rare EP stuff yeah. that that we'll talk about. But yeah, I'm so glad because this is a band that I feel people are probably familiar with one or two songs, one of them because of uh, soundtrack use and that sort of thing, but probably not familiar with more than that. And and I think, uh, spoiler alert, I think Matt Johnson is one of the most brilliant songwriters in in music. Um, so we can, before we get into the history, I want to throw a little sure. bit of upfront information for me here. Please do. Yes. Uh, this band, this was a really kind of hard week, not because I yeah. didn't like the music. It's because I was going in almost totally blind. I had no idea. This was like, uh, what ecstasy was for me. Like I was <laughs> blinded. The only by- person I know calls them ecstasy. Like it's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's XTC, but, but. Yes, it, it's 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 one of those pe- one of those bands where I, I had nothing of information going in, mm-hmm. so I was completely unaware of that. Then on top of all that, I'm confusing the the with the band that has the eyeballs on their head, the residents. Yes, and then for some yeah. reason I confused them with the cover of A Land of a Thousand Dances. So I was an absolute mess this week. And oh yeah, and um and they do the uh, residents do a cover of Land yes, of a Thousand Dances. Yes, it wasn't. The, the, it was all confusing. So, you know, and I think you would have, I think the residents, we should, we should do the residents at some point. Well, I feel like I have to now because it, because in my mind, I had been doing the residents kind of, the, the residents. The, the residents. Um, (laughs) I will prepare you though. I mean, if you thought Frank Zappa was weird and uh, avant garde for avant garde's sake, but also just kind of like, Maybe a little unnecessarily over. Oh God, I don't want to say that because no, I, because I there don't are things like, I liked about. I mean, Frank Zappa's stuff. Yeah. Yes, there are times where like, okay, Frank, calm down. We get yeah. it. Yeah, other, exactly. Other you times you're weird. Like, we get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, 200 motels. You can't get more strange than that. Yeah. But there's also an art to it, and I'm not blind to seeing the art of it. It's just you have to be in the right mood for it. If it's done right, for sure. Yeah. And, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, going into the, the expecting that kind of, that kind of thing, you're going to be, you're going to be disappointed. I mean, the, the is that first damn album. I almost wish at the start of the week, I would have said, you can skip Burning Blue Soul. Just, just don't even bother with it. So I, I, 
Oh, yes, we'll talk about that. We'll get to it. When we so talk I will about say it. this, and I, I have it somewhere else in the notes. I know I wrote it down, but I feel like the the has two speeds. It has the pop music mm-hmm. speed, which is actually really good, and then it's mm-hmm. got this kind of art noise area yeah. that they drift into. Yeah. And I really did like the pop stuff, and there's even some of the arty noise stuff I liked. But mm. it feels like one day he's like, "Yes, I'm going to get up and I'm going to be a quote unquote artist," and he does this <laughs> avant garde kind of arty music thing. And the next day he's like, wow, I really, really dig the Beatles. And then he jumps on (laughs) him. I'm going to do a Beatles song. Right. Yeah, sure. Uh I feel like it's, it's, there isn't a good, it doesn't get blended very often. It feels like he wakes up one day and says, I'm an artist. I'm going to do arty stuff. One or the other. Yeah. And I would say a lot of that more in the early, well, no, I, I, I take that back because I feel like the last album is, almost back to his roots, but you see what he's learned. Yes. Going back there, like what, you know, what he's figured out about doing a, an album that is, you know, kind of predominantly noise and, and industrial sounds and things like that. Don't take any of this to mean I didn't enjoy it or didn't learn something. It's just that one, I came in under a complete misapprehension of what I was getting into. (laughs) Yeah. And then as it went through, I'm like, well, this guy doesn't really know what he wants to be. He, he wants to be this art nouveau noise musician, but at the same time, he's writing these really kind of do a pop song or a heavy. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't say pop, but I'm trying to figure out what I would call that. More traditionally music structure. Yeah, maybe, and maybe it's kind of an alternative, like an industrial alternative, if that's such a thing. But um, it has that typical, you know, identifiable chord structures, identifiable right. song, song structure. Song, verse, chorus, bridge. Yeah. Yeah. The other stuff, mm-hmm. though, sometimes you're like, uh, did he, like, drop the is microphone this, and think this is like, is this a Is this mistake? the sound of putting a, a chainsaw in a dishwasher? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was yeah. it's it's a a strange dichotomy, and God bless him for being able to being able to have a career doing it. It's just that it's such a, a odd diversity from time to time, and mm-hmm. I it it kind of was uh, mind boggling, unnerving too, unsettling at yeah. times. I'm sure, and I'm sure that's part of the uh, I'm sure that's part of the shtick as well. I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. Ready? Right. Maybe I don't know if that's intentional. Or if that's just kind of a byproduct of the kind of songwriting he does, yeah. Um, you know what? Let's let's uh, let's get no, into yeah. it. Let's no, actually, I, let's, uh, I appreciate being able to get that out though, because yes. like I said, I want to I want people to know that this was not this was not Underworld for me, and it wasn't Level mm-hmm. Forty Two or mm-hmm. even Tears for Fears, where I knew their stuff and liked their hits, but everything else was not great. This was yeah. a complete. I, I was walking into a, a fun house. With no idea what I was getting into. And I came out educated. I don't know if I'm going to own any, but I won't. At least I know what I'm talking about. I just want to ask me questions now. Right. If somebody says, oh, yeah, have you ever heard that? You're like, oh, yeah, I've listened to to all of it. I can tell you about the the different Mm -hmm. directions that Matt Johnson goes with it. Uh, All right, let's get to it. The The is an English post punk band. They've been active in various forms since 1979. Uh, Matt Johnson is kind of your, your nucleus of the, the, he, um, he's the, he's the only consistent band member, but he's also kind of like the, like if you break J, uh, Dinosaur Jr. down, it's basically 
Jamaskus and a few, you know, there's a lot of Level bands like that. Where, uh, Matt King? Is that yeah, name? I would say Mark King Mark and Mike King. Linda. Yeah. yeah, the two of them together are the nucleus of uh, Level 42. Yeah. Paul and McCartney, well, I was going to say McCartney and Lennon are the nucleus of the Beatles, but no, they're really not. It's all four of them. But yeah. um, So it's Matt Johnson and, and the, the, the... Right, and the, the, the... <laughs> um, that's almost what I wish that they would do, speaking of SEO, is is he could name the band Matt Johnson's The The, and that way, at least when you're searching for it, you can find it under Matt Johnson. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. the, the very unique name that nobody else in the world has, Matt Johnson. Uh, he recorded a solo album in 1978. Uh, he sold them at gigs uh, on cassette. In 1979, Matt placed a couple of ads in New Musical Express asking for a bass lead guitarist. Later that same year, he recorded his first proper album, Spirits. It remains unreleased, although uh, the song What Stanley Saw was later licensed to Cherry Red Records for the Perspectives and Distortions compilation. The The Proper made their debut at London's Africa Center in May of 1979. He used the backing tracks created on his day job at DeWolf Studios as he performed. Interesting. Uh, the lineup of this at this point was Matt on vocals, electric piano, guitar, and uh, tapes, with Keith Laws on synthesizer and tapes. I love that. So I a just, lot of I just see this tapes. bank of cassette players up there hooked up to big <laughs> like Marshall stacks. Reel to reels. Hold on, I'm threading. Yeah. I'm threading our second track in. Uh, yeah. Stand by. <laughs> Rewinding. <laughs> yeah. The the ultimate uh, analog of the the DJ, like the el- the the wheels of steel kind of rocking. The scratching and the whatnot, except yeah. it's on cassette, which is the stretching and the breaking. <laughs> the stretching and the breaking. It sounds like uh, it sounds like it's hip hop yoga. Like the stretching Mort, and the breaking, uh, <laughs> right? It is uh, electric breaking boogaloo or something like that. There's something. There's some joke there, and I I haven't made it yet. But he was also Matt Johnson was also working with the band The Gadgets. Uh, it was a studio band formed by Colin Lloyd. I picked up because of my fandom of the, the I picked up the gadgets albums and they are they are a rough listen they are kind of what you described at the beginning isn't isn't gadget the one of the characters from rescue rangers uh that i don't know having never seen rescue rangers but there's there's an inspector somebody inspector uh, who gadget. works a lot with yeah. gadgets yeah. Mm-hmm. Know, i'm yeah. kidding yeah. yeah i know i know yeah <laughs> anyway in 1980 peter ashworth became the drummer tom johnston was brought in to play bass no, no relation. He's got a T in his name. In 1981, they continued untitled, or, or sorry, contributed untitled to Some Bizarre's album. Later that year, they were signed by Some Bizarre Records. And uh, they released a seven-inch single called Cold Spell Ahead. At this point, Johnson was playing all of the instruments uh, so Laws could leave to follow other things. 1981, uh, Matt Johnson rela- released Burning Blue Soul. Uh, he played all the instruments on this one, too. It had various producers, including Bruce Gilbert, Graham Lewis, and Ivo. So later, this was reissued and retitled as The The Album. Yeah, Burning Blue Soul became a The The Album, making it a little more difficult to search for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, feels like, it feels like he knew the internet was coming, and he was already trolling before it started. Right, exactly. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, listen, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of The The, but this album is is such a hard listen for me. It feels like it's all art house stuff and no no pop influences, no no polish to it. Yeah. 
1981, Colin Lloyd Tucker and Simon Fisher Turner and all of their hyphens joined and they started playing acoustic gigs around London. But then Matt started working alone again in 1982. Okay, so I have, a, qu- seen, I, I have yeah. a question. So is yeah. this that he is, why are they leaving? I guess is the question I'll ask without being, without leading the yeah. witness. How do, why do they I, keep leaving? That I don't know, but just based on his songwriting and his style, there is no doubt in my mind that Matt Johnson is an incredibly intense individual. You know, maybe not necessarily a diva or anything like that, but I I think, I feel like he would be, I don't want to use perfect, perfectionist as a bad thing. I think he's got a very specific vision for his music and and maybe someone trying to contribute to that has a hard time not getting their own spin on things. Okay. That's that would be my guess. Yeah, and, and uh, like I said, I wanted to ask the question so I wasn't leading the witness, but at the same time, right? I, I feel like that with his what we're less than five years in, and he's already had four complete lineups or something. That's <laughs> that, right. Yes, that seems that it does seems, lend itself to the question. All right, are you? How difficult is it to work with? Yeah, Matt yeah. <laughs> without say, saying it, without saying, yeah, it. tell yeah. me, <laughs> tell me, I'm difficult to work with without telling me I'm difficult to work with. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that that might be that might be part of it. The next single uh, in 1982 was a retooled re-release of Cold Spell Ahead, now called Uncertain Smile, and it re- it uh, reached number 68 on the UK charts. So this was different than the album version because it had a sax solo, which uh, hearing like a raw brass acoustic instrument through some of this stuff sometimes was Mm -hmm. jarring. Yeah, when you're used to the the opposite of that, right? When you're used to um, a lot of electronic instrumentation and a lot of of that, that sort of thing. Hearing something analog is, I don't want to use the word disconcerting, but it definitely is, it's a change. Yeah. Well, it's like, it'd be like a craft work doll, craft work all of a sudden pulled out a kazoo. It would, you, (laughs) you would notice it. You would definitely notice it. You'd be like, wait, what am I listening to? Why is craft work all of a sudden? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a, that's actually a really good comparison. (laughs) The well, I guess you know, we'll talk about the uh, album version of Uncertain Smile, but I do like the sax solo on this. Matt's voice is a little reedier, a little thinner on the Cold Spell Ahead. Oh, that's funny since it's a reed instrument. That's great that you do that. <laughs> I don't know if that's what I was maybe think of it, but he is he does have a much thinner voice on that one, and it might be the production, it might be the mixing, but it also might be his voice hadn't fully, fully settled into what he was going to be yet. But that Cold Spell Ahead is an interesting version. In 1982, the debut album of The The was set to be released. The name was The Pornography of Despair. It was recorded, but never officially mixed nor released. Johnson ran off some cassettes for friends, and several tracks, Mental Healing Process, Leap Into the Wind, and Absolute Liberation, were issued as additional tracks on the This Is The Day single. Three Orange Kisses from Kazan and Waiting for the Upturn appeared as B-sides.
The Nature of Virtue and Fruit of the Heart were released on cassette-only releases of the eventual debut album, but the original album as a whole still remains unreleased. All right. So as I look at the titles of these songs... (laughs) Yes. (laughs) uh, Again, without leading the witness... Sure. I, I feel like he's putting a lot of effort into the illusion of uh, intellectualism. <laughs> I, uh, I, yes. Like basically it's almost like a, Oh, what's this piece you're working on? Oh yeah. This it's, it's called lick my love pump. Yes. Like it's kind of like a pretentiousness in, in song titles. So you know what it reminds me of? Do you remember when, we, when, when you had those poet sets that had all the different words so <laughs> that you could put on your refrigerator and build poems on your refrigerator? Oh, yes, the magnetic poetry kits. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. I feel yeah. like he had like three or four of those and it was moving <laughs> words around to get titles. It was just like, oh, this is a good word. I, how do I use it in a, with another? <laughs> yeah. Three orange kisses from Gazan. I bet you I probably made uh, with yeah. my poetry on my refrigerator set. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're... you're, you're Again, probably not. <laughs> there's something. There's something to that, Hammond. I don't want to admit it, but you might be right. Well, and like I said, again, I don't want this to come across as disparaging. This is me with 2023 20, eyes looking yeah. at this stuff, completely there's, unaware of. There's what a I reason was. that you don't. Yeah, that you don't see album title or song titles like that now, or you. If you do, it's not on major album releases it's on stuff that's like you know the experimental demo album or hang on i'm uh, gonna look up a title uh, there's a band called nano war of steel and they're a a uh parody uh german okay. european power metal band sure and uh <laughs> they have some of the best titles ever so uh, really and but yeah. it's all it's parody kind of titles. Well, yeah. Uh, so remember that thing I, mean, I sent you about yeah. uh, how does Dream Theater come up with their epic sound? They take a Man of War album and scratch it. <laughs> remember that? Yeah, I, do remember, I do remember that. That was a way, ways back. Yeah. yeah. So the, they have an album called Stairway to Valhalla. And okay. on that album, they have Barbie, Milf Princess of the Twilight. <laughs> Uh, they have. I do see the. I do see the comparison. <laughs> they have vegan velociraptor, the crown and the Jeez. onion ring. <laughs> yeah. All right. You, 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 uh, you're not wrong, and I think there is some of that. I think that there's not necessarily the illusion of of intellectualism, but there's actual intellectualism that is. Maybe the place for that intellectualism is in the in the lyrics and and shouldn't be in the titles. Yeah, if that, if that's a, yeah. It's kind of like okay, we teased. Wow me with your wow me with your songwriting, your lyrics. Don't try and and you know and make me uh, anticipate the song that I'm going to hear when it's like, oh yes, the the buttercream frosting of despair or something yeah. like that. Okay. You know? So I've yeah. got two examples that come to my head. One, sure, we kind of make sure. fun of ABBA because of their, I do, I do, I do kiss me, kiss <laughs> right. me, they're, kiss they're, me, whatever. They're repetitive. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, but they were pulling directly from the song to come up with that, that title. Right. Then right. you have someone like Kevin Gilbert who does like, um, Jenny ledge and, right. uh, last, last plane out. And mm-hmm. the, 
the titles lead you to ask questions. That way you listen to the lyric to understand what the song's about. The lyrics answer. Yeah. And so their titling is as much of an art form as the songwriting itself. Cause if you just pull the, 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 the thing that's repeated at the top of the course, fine, then that's what you do. But if you, do it a little bit more abstractly, then it forces people to listen. And I'm not sure where, I mean, these songs we didn't get to hear because they haven't been officially released, but it, or very limitedly, but it's one of those things where you start asking questions about what was the thought process. I would totally agree with that. And um, I think that that's kind of like what I was trying to say with the, you know, put that stuff in the lyrics where they, where you get the, the payoff and the explanation right away, as opposed to putting it in the song title, which might make me less inclined to listen if I feel like it's overly flowery. Yeah. Yeah. However, uh, if you do want to listen to Barbie Milk Princess of the Twilight, I would recommend it. You know, I totally do. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, as soon as we're done here, as soon as we're done recording, I'm putting that on. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about that first album. It came out in 1983. It was called Soul Mining. This was a, a synthwar-inspired album, and the song "This Is the Day" reached number 71 on the UK charts. Ended up on uh, the soundtrack, I think, Reality Bites, if I remember correctly. That's kind of where a lot of people yeah. heard it. It was used in the in the film and in the soundtrack and uh, is still, again, one of my one of my favorite the, the tracks. It's it's easily a greatest hit, so I stayed away from it. Uh, it would be too easy for me to say, oh, yeah, well, I'm totally using This Is The Day. But because um, it just, it, it, it wouldn't, it couldn't apply. It wouldn't work. There's also another version of that song, by the way. I, I know we talked about the EPs, but I don't know if we mentioned That Was The Day, I think is called, or This Was The Day. And it is a version of the song that's done with stripped down Casio style instruments. And it's actually really, really cool. I think it's on Solitude. Okay. Which we'll talk about later. Uncertain Smile was also called out by critics as a standout track. And it's still, for me, one of the best the, the songs ever. And the, the sax solo in the demo was replaced by a piano solo uh, performed by Jules Holland from Squeeze, oh. who we talked about on a previous show. So there's a little Squeeze connection there. I like me, you know, I like me a good Squeeze connection. Let's see. The artwork for the albums was done by Matt Johnson's brother, Andrew. The art for Infected attracted some controversy because the image featured a masturbating devil. As which, as one would. Yeah. And, and was uh, the basis for one of my Christmas cards that um, a lot of people sent back and did not, uh, did not appreciate. Were you dressed as a devil? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Is there, is, there, is there an issue with that? I think Andrew Johnson is has passed away. I, um, I was trying to find some really quick notes about that. And I can't find it. But I want to say that he, yes, he has passed away. I don't see, he died in 2016. I didn't see what, how he, what he passed away from. But uh, 
lot of great the the artwork. A lot of the albums, um, Infected and Dusk and uh, the reissue of Burning Blue Soul all used his his artwork. Really, you know, it was it was it was a um, a style that mirrored Matt Johnson's writing, so it worked out really well. Uh, the next album was uh, 1986's Infected. This contained the best-selling single Heartland, uh, which talks about the UK being the 51st state of the USA. The seasons change and watch the city as the sun goes down again. It comes another winter of long shadows and high holes. Here comes another winter waiting for... That song reached number 29 on the charts. It spent 10 weeks, the album spent 10 weeks on the charts. Infected, Slow Train to Dawn, and Sweet Bird of Truth were released as singles. So this remained on the chart for 30 weeks, which... That was huge back then. Yeah, that's a long time, especially in 86, because in 86, uh, not to sound super old and biased, but in 86, good music was being churned out weekly. (laughs) It was. I mean, that was a great year for music. Between 87... Yeah, I was going to say between 84 and 89... There's yeah. some great music turned out, and you can't oh yeah, you can't compete with some of that stuff still. No, it's true. Totally true. So 30 weeks is was great. The Sweet Bird of Truth was said to be released in the US on April of 86, but uh that can coincide with the bombing of Libya. And since the song was critical of the US military and talks about bombing in Arabia, uh, CBS was unwilling to release it. It eventually got released as a low-key limited edition single and deleted on the day of release. That's just but crazy can, that, that that kind of stuff happens it where it's released and then it's pulled from the, deleted from the catalog, like the day yeah. of. That's just nuts. And so I'm sure first printings of Infected are worth hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. For sure. And and it's it's on the CD release. So if you have... If you have the CD of Infected, it does include it. It just wasn't on the initial, yeah, uh, the initial version. Yeah, Matt Johnson said that uh, in interviews about that song, he he doesn't hate the United States of America. He just hates its foreign policy. Yeah, which I think a lot of people probably have an issue with that. To promote the album, there was a music video for each track. The film Infected the Movie was shot in Bolivia, Peru, and New York. Different songs had different directors. It was shown on Channel 4 in the UK and on MTV's 120 Minutes. And you can see the whole thing in its entirety on YouTube. And I strongly urge you to check it out because it is it is really cool. That was my first exposure to the... the my uncle was a big fan and he uh, had the, the video. I think I'd heard Uncertain Smile prior to that, but he had this video album on VHS and uh, the Infected album. And I listened to it. And completely got hooked just from the from the music videos. As you know, I'm a big music video guy. And uh, how how long uh, is it? I mean, it's album length. It's okay. it's basically the length of listening to the album, so seventy something minutes probably. Oh, okay. But it's great. It's it's really good. And you think it would have a consistent through line, but because of all the different directors, it feels like you're watching several short films all done by, well, they're all done by different directors. So you kind of are watching several short films. It's really, really cool though. And the, uh, the video for out of the blue into the fire, uh, which I'll talk about in my playlist completely got me hooked on that song. Like it, it, I can't hear that song without visualizing the music video. 
let's see, in 1987, Matt Johnson started thinking about putting the album or putting the band back together and playing live again. And in 1989, he released the album Mind Bomb. This album featured Johnny Marr from uh, The Smiths on the album as well. It peaked at number four on the UK album charts. And this was the full band that Matt Johnson assembled. This is, this is like uh, not just him. Uh, the music on this album was slower and more textured than the dance pop albums uh, from Infected and Soul Mining. The band was Matt Johnson on vocals, guitar, keyboards, Johnny Marr, guitar, and harmonica. Boys, there are a lot of harmonica. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Eller on bass and David Palmer on drums. Sinead O'Connor, Wix, uh, Wix Wickens, and Chris White, and many, many others appealed in, appeared on this album. And yeah. I think the the textured and layered really works. And I also think the external influences helped make this album a lot more palatable and a lot more... I won't call it commercial because I don't want to use the C word, but right. it made it more listenable, made it, like I said, more palatable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it for sure, you know, I, again, don't want to use the word mainstream, but it does it does make it a more easily accessible album to the non, the, the fan. And years ago, uh, I was just, you know, dude and into making playlists in my Apple Music library. And because of my love for Infected, I've always just said, oh yeah, this is my favorite the, the album. But then I did this thing where I, I sorted all the songs by band alphabetically. I did this for Jason Faulkner. I did it for Squeeze. Did it for uh, the, the. And then I listened to them all in alphabetical order. So without the context of the songs before and after it on the album, so I could appreciate each one individually and rated them. And I found that I had way more four and five star songs from Mind Bomb than I did from any other the the album, including a freaking cover album. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which really blew my mind. But I love Mind Bomb. I feel like it is a it is a powerful the lyric writing on Mind Bomb, I feel, is is head and shoulders above above some of his other albums. It's just so, so good. So anyway. this is this is where I think we would send people as a starting point. I think for sure. I think I think that, so too. Yeah. That if you like this, then you can move throughout the the the, the waters. Yeah. Knowing that you've got a mind home, bomb. You got a and then do oh go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say you can move through the the, the waters knowing that you've got a buoy that you can always go back to. But you can, <laughs> you can always float back to mind yeah, bomb if but you, you can to. Yeah. wade out to some of the other more fringy, more experimental pieces of music, knowing that you've always got Mind Bomb to go be safe at. You're right. You're uh, your life preserver yeah. if you need it. Yeah. <laughs> you can go back to. Yeah, that, that's that's 100% correct. I would start with Mind Bomb, you know, if I were completely unfamiliar with the, the and then Dusk, and then Soul Mining and Infected. That, I feel, is the, for me, the sweet spot of their albums. I think you might you might have a different... Um, opinion, but, uh, and, and Hanky Panky, which we'll talk about. I mean, I'm jumping ahead with all this stuff, but Hanky Panky, I think is a great album and it's all covers. Yeah. It's a South uh, Park themed Christmas album, which is really <laughs> weird. hi Exactly. <laughs> yes. Ask yourself whose voice is it that whispers onto you from the sounds of your own. of your city. 
1990, he released the Shades of Blue EP. It included covers of Dolphins and Solitude. Solitude's like an old crooner song, like an old like uh, Sinatra-style crooner song. And uh, both of which, Dolphins and Solitude, he records with this very sparse instrumentation and this very echoey, reverby vocal. And Dolphins Um, and Solitude, if you ran them together, would just be a name of a song off of his first album. Dolphitude. No, Dolphins and Solitude. <laughs> Dolphins and Solitude, yes. Yeah, right. It is I exactly, know, uh, oh, <laughs> Under the Moonlight and the Rippling Waves. Let's go ahead and just... Right, exactly, yes. Uh, there was an original single uh, called Jealous of Youth included on the Shades of Blue EP as well. In 1993, he released Disinfected. This was an EP of remixes. Had a bunch of great stuff on there. A cover or a, a remixed version of... Dogs of Lust, which would appear on his next album, which was called Dusk, released in 1993. This one peaked at number two on the UK charts and number 142 on the US charts. This was remastered in 2002 and reissued on CD. And uh, also, also, surprise, surprise, another uh, departure. Johnny Marr left the band after this so that he could do something without Johnson. (laughs) Without Matt Johnson. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like, yeah. You know, hey, he lasted two albums. I think there's something to be said for that. There's probably a a British commendation involved with that. (laughs) (laughs) Sir Sir, uh, Johnny Marr because of that. Uh, this was the album, by the way, that he toured the U.S. for. And when I got to see him, it was the only time I've gotten to see the, the was for this album. And he toured with the Cranberries, which is a really, really good show. All Music called it one of uh, Johnson's most accomplished products to date. Love is Stronger Than Death was one of the more popular songs on the album. In 1994... Uh, he released Solitude. This was uh, the EP that contained all the stuff from Burning Blue Soul, uh, the Shades of Blue, I'm sorry, not Burning Blue Soul, the Shades of Blue EP uh, with the two covers as well as Jealous of Youth and the uh, Disinfected EP, basically combined uh, all of that stuff. So Love is Stronger Than Death, I just realized that should have been on the soundtrack for the uh, Romeo and Juliet movie with Leonardo. <laughs> or the What Dreams May Come uh-huh. uh, movie. Gosh. Uh, By the way, saddest movie. movie ever made. Oh, yeah. Talk, like, talk about a movie that makes you want to just don't want to hang yourself. It's yeah. so depressing. Yeah, the saddest movie ever made. For sure. Uh, and, and by the way, that I uh, uh, haven't really talked about about this. Oh, you know what? We'll talk about it. I'll talk about it for statistics in general. Okay, that's notes. good. Because I've only got yeah. one thing, so... Because there wasn't much. <laughs> yeah. Well, we covered all of it. Right. We're, we're covering a lot of it up top. So I only we are, have the one for thing, sure. So, yep. In uh, 1995, he released Hanky Panky. This is the aforementioned tribute to Hank Williams, the first. Uh, it's, a, it's a cover album featuring covers of, of all of the classics. There's a tear in my beer, weary blues from waiting, all that stuff. Uh, six more miles. One review said that it took a Brit to unearth the spirit, the soul, and the songs of Hank Williams. My God, what a great compliment that is. It seems my life is through And I'm so doggone blue You are on my lonely mind 
1997, uh, he released Gun Sluts. This was recorded but left unreleased. It was deemed too uncommercial by the label. So yeah, I think the title. Out, sell, I think the title significant significant <laughs> uh, signifies exactly what their problem might have been. It was like Metallica's first album, Metal Up Your Ass. Right. Sorry. Yeah, you're not you're not picking that up at a Walmart. Yeah. Sorry, if you're looking for that, uh, sorry, you're not going to get it. Gun Sluts also sounds. It also sounds like a, a place in Vegas that they have uh, skimpy women shooting machine guns. <laughs> it totally does. It absolutely. <laughs> Should be that. Are you kidding me? That's what it missed opportunity. In 2000, he released the album Naked Self. This was the least successful album of the band's history. Oh, here's the thing, though. It might be the least successful, but actually it's one of the ones I enjoyed the most. Uh, There are, like, Mind Bomb was really good. Dusk was really good. And then I kind of was just going through the motions until Naked Self, and I kind of liked it. Yeah, it's it's um, it's right in your wheelhouse of like that that heavy style that I know you like. It's uh-huh. a little too industrial for me. There are a few songs on there I really like. Uh, the Drowner? No, not The Drowners. Uh, Inky Bloaters, I think it is. <laughs> you know, I say that, a really, really weird album, uh, weird uh, uh, song title. But anyway, it's uh, that was a rougher listen for me, but. But I'm glad you. I'm glad you connected with it. Yeah, no, it was one of my. Like I say, it was probably in the top two, three, probably the top three uh, that yeah. I listened to. Yeah, I'm trying to think who I'd equate it to. Almost like a Nine Inch Nails. Like it, it's a heavy, heavier yeah. album. It's it's a it's got some Nine Inch Nails. It's got a little. Uh, I almost say it's like some hints of ministry. ministry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Matt Johnson hasn't done anything with the the since Naked Self. He's done soundtracks to the film Tony, Moonbug, Hyena, and the Muscle. Uh, he's also released a lot of stuff uh, as part of a thing called, oh, is it Radio Musicola or something like that? Just maybe Musicola. Um, it was kind of like a podcast right before there was podcasting. There was a lot of stuff on the website, full albums you could download and things like that with his descriptions and interstitials between them. Uh, 2017's Record Store Day saw a seven-inch release called We Can't Stop What's Coming. I'm bummed that I missed that. And in 2021, he had a fantastic live album that, that released the Royal Albert Hall show from 2018 called The Comeback Special. And I have the, it's both a, uh, a Blu-ray and, uh, uh, and an album, and I love it. It's, it's, it's uh, like every song that I would have wanted him to do in concert, he did. So I'm glad he so did that, that just for you. He did it just for me, and uh, I, I sent him an email. I sent him a handwritten note said thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hammond, uh, do we have any statistics and general notes that we haven't covered yet? So, like I said, we we, we covered a lot of the, the bigger things, with the chart stuff and things like that in the top. But I just yeah. want to reinforce just how awful the CEO, their SEO is <laughs> uh, yeah. nowadays. Because, like I said, I had to backdoor to get to it by Spotify. I had to backdoor sure. it to get to it by Amazon. It just, it's, the internet just has a really hard time with 
that many thes, which is two, yeah. next to each yeah. other. It's like Google <laughs> goes, F you, I'm not doing that. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what was the stat it, you were going to give? Uh, well, it's less of a stat and more of a more of a general observation of his music is that he, his music tends to be, fall into one of two categories. He, he either is singing or writing about uh, lust, big time, like so much of his music is about, uh, about lust. And also uh, like kind of a war religion hybrid yeah. kind of thing. Um, his stuff tends to, you know, a lot of his stuff tends to fall in those two categories. And I think it's actually, I think it's kind of, kind of cool. Like, you know, you can do a whole playlist of just the, the's lust songs or the, the's war songs or something like that and have plenty of content, uh, content. You know what else uh, is really tough with the SEO for the, the is trying to find, trying to pull them up on set list. Oh, yeah. I'm trying I, to get to it right now. I'm so glad that it. I didn't have to do that. And that's your job. Uh, so yeah. I, while you're, while you're searching for yes. that, I'm going to go ahead and say that since I had no clue, I actually yeah. kind of used the, the numbers on Spotify to kind of help pick this, my, my choices for stairway to heaven song. So uh-huh. that could be completely inaccurate or it could just be, you know, Spotify listeners, whatever. I'm just, that's, that's sure. what I went by. So my three mm. that I picked would be, this is the day infected, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be uncertain smile. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm still, still looking. I'm actually having to do it. There's a way I can do this kind of alphabetically. So I apologize. This is taking a little bit of extra time. I'll throw in a little bit of a uh, girl from Ibaniba here for search music. <laughs> Because if you do, you can't, like, you cannot type it in the search field and look for it that way. You have to get to the, um, you have to do it from the artist browser. It looks like you might be hopefully on page, uh, telling the three, the this. There's a band called, oh, geez. There's a tribute band for the band called the, the band band. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's even worse. Uh, shoot, I can't even pull it up this way. It's like not even listed there. Uh, what's another way I could get to it? Maybe the venue, the Royal Albert Hall 2018. Let's see here. Let's try it this way. Albert Hall. This will be, of course, edited out. Will it? Of course. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, heaven. Uh, let's see. Muse. Jules Holland at the Royal Albert Halls, December 1st. Mark Holman. These are great. Paul Heaton and Jackie Abbott. My God, I want to go to the Royal Albert Hall and just see every performance there. I'm looking at this list. This looks so awesome. Uh, I wonder what the date of that concert was. Not that it matters, but level 42 at the Royal Albert Hall in 2018. Uh, let's see. Ghost at Royal Albert Hall. 
I was kind of sad he didn't win his Grammy last night. Oh, was were they up for Grammy? Yeah, they lost to Ozzy. Yeah. <clears throat> I think everyone realizes. Oh. I think everyone realizes that Ozzy's almost done. Like, period. And I think yeah. they were letting him. He because he won two last night, and I think that was. It wasn't that the album's not bad or that the album's not good. It's just. Yeah. It's not. I don't think all. Uh, I feel like the Grammys need to go to people who are relevant. Sounds mean. Uh, no, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, it feels like they gave it to him for more than just it was an album he released this year. Sure. All right, here we go. I finally got to it. Okay. Hammond, I, I had to go through the Royal Albert Hall performance uh, in 2018 and, and kind of back my own into it. This is going to blow your mind. The most uh, played song in concert is Armageddon Days Are Here Again, which is from Mindbomb. I think it's the opening... No, it's not the opening track, but it's the one that begins. It's a total play off of uh, Ballroom Blitz by Sweet, but it's instead of, are you ready, Steve? Uh, Andy, yeah, Mick, okay. It's, uh, uh, are you ready, Jesus? Allah? <laughs> like it's all of the, the different gods of the world. Again, there you go. There's your there's your war and religion com uh, yep. combination right there. Armageddon days are here again. Uh, infected second. This is the day. An uncertain smile tied for third, and then Heartland, Sweet Bird of Truth, Love is Stronger Than Death, Dogs of Lust, Beaten Generation to round out, round out the top ten. All right. So Spotify did not make me look stupid. It just wasn't all right. Yeah, yeah. But I would have I would have said. You're dead on with this is the day, uncertain smile, infected being being it. I'm really surprised. He must have he must have played because that came out on Mind Bomb and he'd already toured for several years before that came out. But he just apparently once he did that song, it it um it came out on a lot of his albums. Yeah. So it's a great list. Holy cow. Yeah. Stuff like Time Again for the Golden Sunset. And uh see, see. <laughs> a long, hard, lazy apprenticeship of doing nothing. That's what she said. Which is a, <laughs> which is a great title, but yeah. yeah it's, uh, anyway, there you go. Uh, let's talk about covers. Who would we like to hear the, the cover? Uh, I will Ooh, start. Yours is good. Yeah, so when you think about, and I went purely for the lust category of, of his music, and uh, The Chauffeur by Duran Duran is one of the lustiest rolling boils of a song ever released. And I feel like that would be completely in the wheelhouse of Matt Johnson. And it's not, it's not a major key for most of the song. It's, uh, it's got a slow build. And there's plenty of opportunity to replace the, the twinkly keyboard music of the Duran Duran original with... Uh, with weird bass lines and instrumentation from the, the. Uh, how about you? What do you got? Uh, before we, I give you mine. <clears throat> what, what, what song was it that had the guy calling for the threesome with the mom and the daughter that you liked? Oh, that was uh two for the price of one by ABBA. Yeah. They could do, he could, the, the should do that one. Oh God. That's, that song is all major key. There's no way. <laughs> you never get uh, as funny as that would be, it would be very, 
<laughs> very outside of his. <laughs> that would be that would be hilarious, though. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I would love to. I would absolutely love to hear that. Okay, so anyway, my yeah. choice. I picked "Rocket Ship" by Daniel Johnston. Oh, that's great, and it's a great song. It it's it's a, it can be corkified uh, yeah. many ways. It can be done straight many ways. Uh, the Dead Milkman did my favorite version of it. And I really think that the, the Matt Johnson in particular could do a really interesting version of rocket ship. That's really good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Very cool. Plus I like Daniel Johnston. He might be a good one for us to, yeah. To talk about someday. I know we did the, uh, that cover. Oh, did album. we watch we did, the movie? We, no, we did that tribute album that, uh, Merritt oh, made us right. listen to. Yes. Tom Merritt's tribute album to, to, uh, Daniel Johnson. That's right. Yep. All right, let's get to our playlist. This is where we pick songs uh, up to five or even six songs. And yeah, we uh, both got guess. six. We both did six. I'm not surprised I did, but I'm very surprised you did. I'm glad to see that. Uh, let's get to this. This is uh, uh, the first song on my playlist. I talked about it when we were talking about Infected, Out of the Blue, Into the Fire. It's about uh, uh, being on a on a trip alone where you don't know anybody in a strange town, and you find a hooker and uh, uh, go crazy with her in a hotel room, <laughs> which is kind of like that ABBA song. I was we going to say, yeah, about. and her mom shows up. <laughs> then her mom shows up. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one. This one, I would say, if you're not familiar with the song, maybe even just go straight to the YouTube video for it because it there's so much like this crappy, ratty motel motel room and stuff like that. It's one of those videos that kind of acts out the whole song. There's no nudity or anything, but it acts out the the song and very. So much. this makes me makes me wonder if uh, Matt Johnston he's still doing stuff, right? Kinda. He is. Yeah. Okay. If he did do a, a Lou Reed cover album. Oh, that would be interesting. Because like Wild yeah. Side and I mean, there's some songs that Lou Reed did that feel kind of this way, this kind of dirty, skeezy, lusty yes, kind of like stuff. Yes, you, you feel like you need to wash your hands yeah, after it, you listen to the song. It's the soundtrack yeah. to 42nd Street in the 70s kind of stuff. <laughs> and I feel like he could do an entire Lou Reed album, like a tribute that would do, kind of put a new life on it. I'd, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, or like a whole Velvet Underground. Doesn't yeah. even have to just be Lou Reed. But yeah. That Velvet Underground. Femme Fatale by The Though would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I'd like to see that. And he does do stuff in a major key, like a lot of Hanky Panky and a couple things on on Dusk, very much in a major key. And so stuff like uh, You'll Be My Mirror and uh, Sweet Jane could work out yeah. really, really well with a, a Matt Johnson varnish on it. Well, and also, I mean... It, it, We've learned if we, if we haven't learned anything from Ghost that if you take a major song and flip it to a minor key, you can yeah. do amazing things with it. It can so, work really well. Yeah. So even if it is all major key, I mean, take that song from ABBA, make it a minor song, and all of a sudden it's a really, really off-putting piece of music. Uh, second on my list is August and September. This is from the album Mind Bomb. Who 
It is, uh, it's a little bit longer, seven or eight minutes, um, but it chronicles the inner monologue of someone who just suffered a breakup, but still obviously has longing feelings for the person that they lost, uh, gets them back and then, and then realizes, you know, was it, did I want you back just to uh, satisfy my pride or did I want you back because I really want you? And, uh, and it's got the great repeated line at the end, was our love too strong to die or were we just too weak to kill it? And I just love that for a, you know, for a, uh, a thinker of a rough relationship. Surprise, that, one, surprise that's not a title of a song either. <laughs> By this time he'd gotten out of that. I it was know, all, I know. it I was know. all that first album that he did that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, uh such great songwriting, that whole, that whole track. Sodium Light Baby. Uh, I wanted to pull something from Dust because I really do love that album. And this is, this is as close to a pop song on that album as I think you get. Uh, and as a matter of fact, it's as close to a pop song as you get from the entire The The catalog. This this easily could get radio airplay, um, as did the song Slow Motion replay, which which was a very poppy, uh, mainstream, radioable song. But this one I think is, I like it a little bit better. Study my baby. Uh, my Heart Would Know from the Hanky Panky Hank Williams tribute. This is, this is such a great song that it works. You know, when you look at things like there's a tear in my beer, it, it fits very much in the country camp. It's as much country as you can get, right? Beer, you know, crying in a beer. What's more country than that? So does it fit your country song format that you came up with last nope, time? With because uh, it's modern country that uses that formula and the, the good country uh. musicians like Hank Williams... Uh, Kenny Rogers, Willie Nelson, uh, George Jones don't have to rely on that crutch to put out an album. <laughs> okay, well, we we talked about how Shania is still good. She's absolutely she's good, hard. and she doesn't do that on every song, and that's why I think she's she is is really good. Yeah, okay, uh, but uh, this one, uh, so so all that stuff is very country. There's you know weary blues from waiting and six more miles to the graveyard and stuff like that. You see those lyrics, you hear the song, it's like, all right, well, even though it's done by the, the, it's absolutely a country song. This song, My Heart Would Know, could be a Taylor Swift pop song, could be a Harry Styles pop song. I mean, it really, it it feels ageless and timeless. And, and hearing it done by the, the, if it weren't on Hanky Panky, you'd, you'd think, oh, this is just a, a Matt Johnson original. It's brilliant. It's such a great song. 
from the Solitude EP, or also the Shades of Blue, it got originally released on Jealous of Youth, a song that didn't quite make it onto the album. great song and this is you know, we talked about the the noise and the art but I would even go so far as to say the art of noise this one has a weird art of noise influence feel to it even though it probably doesn't have any influence by the art of noise feels like it it borrows a lot of those excellent art of noise elements with the vocal track above it and uh, and it's so it's so cool uh, and then we'll bookend back with another song from Infected, uh, Slow Train to Dawn. It's the song, it's a song that he did with Nina Cherry. If I'm remembering the video, at least in my mind, the video is all black and white and features uh, the two of them singing and shadows going across their face like they're on a train and passing by the lights of a city and stuff like that. And it's it's excellent. The song is excellent. Uh, uh, again, it's it's a relationship that's that is on its way out, but the two people in it are almost codependent for each other. And, uh, and they're riding that slow train to Don, Don being just the, the very end of it all. And, uh, it's a great metaphor for, for that kind of troubled relationship. It's really good. So there's my six. Hammond, how about you? So, uh, I picked six too, much to Brian's surprise. I was very surprised by that. Surprised and, and happy, Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as much as I was happy that you were able to get two and a half songs in Slayer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. So, the first one I picked is The Sinking, the sinking Feeling from Soul Mind. And this was the first song that I heard of theirs that I was like, oh, hey, I like this. I like this a lot. So I jumped on it because when you're used to hearing some type of thing all the way through, when something changes, it makes your, it makes your yeah. attention change. So this was the first thing kind of reaped up, reached up in gravity. Sure. Uh, and then I picked up, uh, for a second one, I picked the Mercy Beat from Infected. And this is where I kind of go into the the thing about the music, that there are two types of, there's the noise and then there's a song. And finding the right song is the trick for me. And I feel like the Mercy Beat kind of is the epitome of the right type of song that they do 
that Matthew sure. does for me. And then I picked uh, The Kingdom of the Rain from Mind Bomb. All I can say is I just really like this one. This is just a, there's no complaints and it's, it's simple. It's not, you're not reaching for much, but it's just good. And like we said, Mind Bomb is the place yep. to start. And that, and that song features uh, Sinead O'Connor uh, singing like the duet yeah. with them. And nothing compares to her. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Especially when she's on SNL. <laughs> Fight the real enemy. Rip. Yep. <laughs> uh, the next one I picked was This is the Night from Dusk. And uh, this one almost sounds like it should be a Queen song. There's something Queeny, Queen-ish, Queen-esque uh-huh. in its in its presentation and sound. It's uh, that would be a great song if if Queen was still around. It'd be a great song for them to cover. Begins with that that really cool sparse, slightly out of tune piano. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. So I I, I really liked it because it, it it sounded familiar enough to me to say, oh, okay. This has some places I can hang my hat on as far as familiarity. Yeah. Uh, Then I picked The Violence of Truth from Solitude. This is a kind of jazzy tune and it's got some harmonica in it, which I really dig. And they don't shy away from the harmonica at all no, in this whole no. listening experience. When he got Johnny Marr in there, it was uh had no, you know, no qualms against using the hell out of Johnny Marr. Yeah, it was it was almost why, uh, why would you? it was almost almost as crazy as uh John Popper use of harmonica. It was just everywhere. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh but the harmonica part of this one was super cool. And then the last one I picked was Soul Catcher from Make Itself. And I just really like that there's some really clever songwriting, both lyrically and musically in the song. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it's one of those ones that we talked about. It's not a huge fan, like, favorite, but I really did like it, and this song in particular. Yeah. It's a good, it is a, I don't want to say that it's not a good album. It's it's a really good album. I mean, let me, let me rephrase that. I don't want to say that I don't like it. It is it is a good album, and that's evidenced by the fact that you like it, too. Um, it uh, It's lower on my list because there are far fewer of those pop elements that I look for interspersed on a the the album. I don't I don't want it to be every song, but I do want more of it than I got on that. Yeah, I actually had a conversation just the other day with my youngest about experiencing things for yourself and developing your own opinion. Because if I listen to critics, 
yeah. a lot of the movies I love, I never would have seen. Sure. Uh, if I listen to critics, there are a lot of albums and bands that I love that I never would have given a chance to. So sure. if there's a TV show that you're getting a lot of hate, I'd still give it a shot because you don't know if it's something you're going to love. And it doesn't matter if everyone else hates it. If you love it, that's all that matters. Exactly. Yeah. That's, and, that's one of the reasons I don't, I try not to go straight to Rotten Tomatoes when I'm looking for something. Yeah. Cause it's like, uh, let me, let me decide. This is something I know I want to see. I don't care. Like the Rotten Tomatoes is not going to have any effect on whether I see it or not. So I'm just going to go and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. I, I just feel like there's, I mean, if you look at the critics, Clue was Clue wasn't very much liked by critics or people when it came out in theaters. Yeah. However, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I'll yeah. watch that every week if I get a chance. <laughs> yes, you will. I know your I know your love for Clue. <laughs> and it's so, and it's well deserved love too. Yeah. It, and Army of Darkness, my favorite movie of all time. Not many people and there are a lot of people who love that movie the way I do. But yeah. on the whole, not as many. I mean, it's, no, it's definitely no. an, an acquired taste. For sure. That's a good one. That is my favorite of the Evil Dead movies, by the yeah. way. Army of Darkness. I watch that every Ash Wednesday. <sighs> Walked right into that one, didn't I? No, I do. I, every year, Ash oh, Wednesday. Oh, really? I watch, you really yeah, do? I, it's like, I, I do thought that every, was a dad joke extraordinary. No, no, no. It's, it's a dad joke that I do. It's every Ash Wednesday. <laughs> it's the first thing I do in the morning is put on Army of Darkness. Uh, okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, you know what? Good, good or bad. That's a that's a it's a dad it's joke Easter. that has a modicum of truth in it. Which yes, modicum it's of my truth Easter is, tradition? Modicum of truth is my favorite song from that first of the album. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up there with politics of dancing and policy of truth. <laughs> right. Well, those are both real songs. By the yeah, way. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the policy of dancing. I want that song. <laughs> The modicum of dancing. The modicum of dancing. All right. Okay. I think we're. I think we're done. Uh, this was. I'm so glad we did this. You know, I, I try not to shove my favorites into every season of uh, of Sound Arc. I try to put. Well, maybe at least one. you're allowed to. I'm not even allowed to. You're allowed to. It's just it oh. can't be a. It can't be a certain <laughs> band that begins with the initials DT. <laughs> But that's why we did Ghost and Mushroom Head and uh, we've done Spock's Beard. Spock's Beard, exactly. Yes. And we'll continue to do those. Uh, no, because that also, it's, it's also about, uh, you know, saying, hey, here's something I really like. I want to see if you like it too. And it's the whole basis of you got to listen to this. So there, uh -huh. is, there is method to our, our madness. So right. before yeah. we close, before we close up, I, I do want to say something that dawned on me uh, recently is okay. people. I've been on a couple of shows recently, and people have been asking me about how I managed to go from school to school and uh, kind of navigate always being the new kid. Sure. And it dawned on me one of the things I did was I actually did really glom on to media. And when you're in school, if you watch the same things or listen to the same things, that's how you kind of develop those friendships and those right. commonalities. So having a wide spectrum of things to choose from. I was able to kind of navigate how to make friends quickly with references to MASH and Pink Floyd and Sticks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, I realized that when I gave you that 17-disc bootleg set oh, with Kevin yeah. Gilbert, I was doing that same thing with you. And, totally if I hadn't, and if I hadn't done that, we wouldn't be doing this right now. Right. 
Yep. No, it was it was that initial that initial thing at uh, Nertacular and uh, and me saying are you saying hey you mentioned really liking Kevin Gilbert let me let me hook you up yeah. and uh, uh, and you did and I completely appreciate that and that's right I mean that is that that wasn't just the pre that wasn't just the thing that got you and I talking and into doing a show called Soundography that is what soundography is all about is yeah, about exactly. introducing people, introducing someone you like to the music that you like and saying, Hey, uh, I like this and I like you. I want to see if you like this. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, so. it, it's, it, it's the perfect melding of all that. And this kind of stuff, it, it's starting yes. to really, uh, it's starting to really sink in how I navigate all that. And I, I appreciate you for doing the same thing with other people. And then in turn, with me so we could get to this point where we've got a friendship and we do the show, we laugh and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't, uh, can't imagine doing it with anybody else doing the show with anybody else. It's, uh, um, it's, uh, you know, it, we fit perfectly for these two different sides of music where either we pull something from that little sliver of the Venn diagram or, or it's way off in one circle and we're just like, hey, step into my circle of the Venn diagram for a second and see what you think of this. Yeah, I think it's great. And and we have enough commonality that people can go, okay, well, if they both like this, then we're in. Right. If they exactly. both hate it, then we're in. I happen to uh, like, you know, typically like what Hammond likes. So yeah. let me see if I'd like this as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's a nice mix because we also have that wide road that we've walked down through most of our lives of similarity. And then <laughs> at some point you went, Hey, I'm going to go listen to a lot of British indie pop bands and you enjoy your musical masturbation music. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I li- always look for that section in, uh, in, in gray whale and I never at find F- it. At FYE, they at have F-Y-E, that yeah. musical wankery section. Musical masturbation section. <laughs> All right. Also another track from the, ver- the first uh, the, the album. <laughs> Uh, that is going to do it for this edition of Soundography. What are we doing next week, Hammond? Who's our next Who's our next episode about? We're doing the magic and wonder of Stevie Wonder. Oh, excellent. I can't wait for this. There's going to be a lot, isn't there? How many, how many there albums is, are we looking at? It's a lot of music. And I can tell you that there are sections of it that are way better than others. Yeah. Um, he, I, spoiler alert, there's a time in the mid-80s where Stevie's not fun to listen to. <laughs> yeah it's kind of that, that, the, that's I what, just this is what friends, say I love you <laughs> yeah or the that's what friends are for or the the upset stomach song he did for the last dragon soundtrack <laughs> really yes didn't know that was a thing upset oh, stomach song. oh god all right well good uh, I'm, I just jumped into the notes and I'm so happy to see that you did not lay claim to my all time favorite Stevie Wonder song I had to lock it down so, no, and that's fine. I've already, I've already picked one. And yep. that's what I'm saying. I'm just glad yeah. you didn't pick the one I wanted because I would have had to delete it from your I think list. It might have been a hit. The one I just typed in there. Yeah, might be, but I, I don't care. This is one. <laughs> I'm breaking. I'm breaking the rule for this. Uh, Ooh, you're Judas priesting it. Just breaking this the law, one. Breaking the I, law. I will absolutely uh, pull from the other, from the rest of his music the non hits for the rest of my playlist, but, but that song right there is, 
one of my all-time favorite I favorite picked two songs. covers. Did you see that? Alone. Actually, I, I picked on three covers. No, two covers. Did you? Let's see. God oh, bless yeah. The child and light right. my fire. Yep. Two covers. Didn't realize God, of course, God bless the child. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I can't wait for this. This will be a blast. Excellent. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that is going to do it for this edition of Soundography. If you want to get in touch with us, we strongly urge you to do so. And we strongly to urge you, strongly urge you to use one of the following ways. Email us at soundographypodcast at gmail.com. Or if you prefer Twitter, who doesn't? A lot of people right now, you can use at the soundography to get a hold of us. Uh, our website is soundography.com. And when you go there, you will be blessed, nay, presented with all of our previous episodes, including all of our bonus episodes and all that stuff. Every episode contains our uh, playlist, a link to Spotify, where you can hear the music that we picked for our playlist, as well as a link to where you can buy an album that we recommended. And we will be using Mind Bomb. I will be picking that as our as our link, as our good starting, as your anchor. Your, your, uh, as you scale the wall of the the... Let that be the the piton that you uh, uh, that you anchor yourself to. Is that for the a baton, reference? The baton, the anchor baton, was also a title of the first <laughs> song on that first album. I have a feeling that this might become like the the running <laughs> joke, like song lengths to the running dream theater joke. The yeah, anytime we use any sort of flowery language, it's going to be oh, that was a track from the first love album. <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, we also ha- would love it if you'd support us on Patreon, please. If you love what we do here, we urge you to throw us a buck. Go to patreon.com slash soundography and, uh, and throw us a dollar or two there per month. And what you'll get in response is a bunch of great extra content. Hammond and I watch a movie every month that is music related, music forward. If this were a, a, a trendy food, a foodie restaurant, then we would say it's a very music forward movie. Uh, we watch one of those and we also give lots of extra content and goodies in the mail. So check out soundography at patreon.com slash soundography. Uh, if you love the show, also a great way to help us out is to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts uh, and uh, let other people know how much you like soundography and how much you think they should check it out as well. Hammond, anything to close us out? Uh, no, I will say that I am glad I did this. I am glad that the, the yeah. is also in my rearview mirror. Cause it was a, <laughs> it was a, for, for not just musical reasons, sure. this was a, a rough couple weeks for me Yeah, and, yeah. uh, making sure I gave this my full attention was difficult. I'm sure. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. It was harder than normal because not only was I completely blind, yeah. I was also walking in under a lot of misinformation that somehow I developed myself. <laughs> somehow you thought they were the, the, the was the residents. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it was a band with only slightly better SEO than the, the. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was tough and I'm glad it's, yeah. I'm glad I did it, but I'm also equally happy. It's in my rearview mirror. Yeah. I I urge you at some point when all this is is when you're further away from uh from the music that you uh go back and listen to something like you know Mind Bomb or uh or Hanky Panky or something like that and just see if if the time and fresh ears uh maybe not Hanky Panky soul mining maybe but definitely mind bomb and see if you, if there's, 
if it connects with you in a different way than the uh, the initial listen did. Yeah, I would like to do that. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Well, then on behalf of Hammond Chamberlain, this is Brandon Bitt saying thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Soundography. is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. <laughs>